to the degree that you clear out your subconscious is to the degree that your superconscious self can come in and really direct your life. But if you're all full of stuff in your subconscious and you're not using your conscious self to take care of that stuff, the less impact your superconscious self has with you because you're not connected to it. You're all, you're all down in the lower area of your subconscious, not physically, but you know, in that part of you that, um, is just keeps getting bigger and bigger, trying to hold all this negative energy. And this is why, this is why Lisa, you and I are here for people is because we're sitting in a unique time on earth that the veil is lifted so we can more clearly see what you're talking about. Right. I mean, we can see it now. Welcome to the Let's Be Real podcast, genuine conversations for authentic living. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Lisa Allshafer, empowerment life coach and author. And I'm Sandra Pariser, health and wellness entrepreneur, more importantly, truth seeker and truth speaker. And today's episode is about exploring the depths of the mind, the three levels of consciousness. And we decided that it's time to go, uh, you know, that little emoji with the mind. <laughs> we thought we would um, introduce you to maybe some new concepts that you're not familiar with yet um, and just kind of have a good conversation back and forth. And hopefully you'll comment in there and we can expand and explore and grow in this new level of consciousness together. So don't forget to hit like, subscribe, and share again if you are so inclined. So take it away. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, in the world of psychology and in the world of spirituality, um, there's often a lot of crossover in those two. They're kind of flip sides of the same coin. And when it comes to consciousness, we're, today we're talking about the three levels of consciousness. So we have the, our conscious self, what we're aware of. We have the subconscious self, which lives below our level of awareness. Mm -hmm. And then we have our superconscious self, which is the higher level of awareness. And they all have a relationship with each other. So it's really important to know what those relationships are. And we, I put, you know, we put together some kind of fun analogies on how those, those fit together. And, uh, but to have a deeper understanding of them, because what a lot of people experience is they, they have patterns in their life. And they're patterns that are self-sabotaging patterns. And until you really understand how these three levels of consciousness work, uh, will you truly be able to break through those patterns? So a lot of what, you know, I do in coaching and what you have learned over the years as well, Sandra, is that, you know, if you don't know what's going on in that subconscious, that's the, that's the one that's going to really start showing up in your life in more of a self-sabotaging way. So that one's the one I put a lot of focus on in coaching and we, we, you know, some, to some degree put it in the podcast as well, but in order to really uncover what's going on in the subconscious, you have to have conscious awareness, <laughs> right? You have to have that conscious awareness. And one of the ways that you have mentioned, uh, and I have mentioned, we just kind of call it different things, but the law of mirrors or the law of reflection is that's one way we get to peer into what's going on in our subconscious because the results that we're manifesting in our life, in our outer world and in our body as well, are reflections of what's going on in our inner world, which is more of that subconscious world. Mm -hmm. So you look at your results in your life like gauges, your life gauges to really kind of peer into that subconscious. I also use the example of um, 
the gas gauge on your car tells you what's going on in the part of the car that you I, 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 I've always loved that one. The first time I ever heard it, and I heard it from you mm -hmm. the in a workshop Long back ago. when we first met. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that makes such great sense. The gas tank. It's like, how do you measure results in your life um, at, that, at that time? So this goes back to 2010, 2011, whenever it was when yeah. you were doing seminars. Um, you know, it, it, things seemed a lot more cloudy at the time. But anyway, I love this analogy. So, yeah. Well, and even some of the things, how I learned about these three in the relationships, I learned, you know, when I first went to my first seminar. So some of those analogies I'm going to bring in today, because, you know, I mean, I, I have a degree in psychology, so I obviously learned about these three levels of consciousness, mm -hmm. but I wasn't learning them from a spiritual level. I wasn't learning them. I was more learning them from a clinical level. Mm -hmm. And so when I came now at the, so that was, I was in my, what, uh, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, I think is when I was in college. Anyway, um, uh, but this is now I'm 40 and when I learned these types of relationships around um, these three levels of consciousness, and now I'm going to be 60 this year as shared before <laughs> the <laughs> podcast. But anyway, so, but, but I was fascinated because I thought, oh, that's a really cool way to look at it. And the more simple we can make something to understand, the easier it is to work with. Mm -hmm. Just again, that's why I love using analogies and stories and, you know, you share a lot of stories and things like that. So it's a great way to learn and to be able to apply what it is that we're learning about. Yeah. Yeah. So let's kind of start in with the subconscious. Uh, another analogy that's often used, not just by me, but many people is the iceberg, right? You've got the iceberg you see what's at the tip of the iceberg. Think of that as our conscious awareness, what we're aware of. And then what's below the surface is the subconscious. It's that below our level of awareness. And it's not the tip of the iceberg that sunk the Titanic, even with all the controversy around it. <laughs> it's <laughs> below the surface, all that hidden stuff that, um, you know, creates the sabotage, can create the breakdown of things. And so when we look at the subconscious, we want to see what's going on in there because that's where we have our, uh, oftentimes where we have a lot of our suppressed emotions, where we have our limiting beliefs and where mm -hmm. we have beliefs we don't even know that we have that are actually directing some part of our life and getting results that, you know, are reflecting that belief. Um, you know, uh, it's where we have houses, our memories and things like that. So it's, it's a, it's kind of like a, how I, how I say this is you don't want to be a barrel. You want to be a conduit. You don't want to house a bunch of stuff that's not serving you in your subconscious, but yet we're going to have this, this income. We're going to receive different energies, including negative energies. We don't want to keep piling it down into our subconscious than to create and manifest what those gauges are in our life. We want mm -hmm. to know how to, when it comes in, how to move it back out again. Yeah. And on that note, what, before I forget to say this, so I used to use the analogy of, and I, I've been saying this to my business partners I forever, is follow your thoughts. And if you just take a moment in like, so how do you go from completely unaware, which I would say humanity, a big chunk of it 
a big chunk of us. I, I was because we are all connected and we are all one in a yep. big, big chunk of humanity right now. And I would maybe, if I had to guess a number, I'd probably put the number around ninety-four percent. Would you say that's a, a that are operating sl- simply off of the tip of the iceberg consciousness? Oh, well, even in school, you know, they say we use 10% of our brain, right? Right. Yeah. And that's just your brain. (laughs) That's just your brain, right? So, yeah. yeah, um, But are you saying how many people are actually working with more of their potential? Yeah. Yeah. I I think that we're all trying to break free of just the simple tip of the iceberg. I think humanity at large is trying to make sense of what is happening. So, the easiest thing to do is, is literally follow your thoughts. And if your thoughts are telling you things that what I, I say are not true, and I always say, I'm not good enough. I'm fat. We've talked about this before, you know, oh my gosh, I'm so fat or I'm so ugly or I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the next thing. And those are very defeating. That's self-talk. That, that's what you need to, to look at first. Mm-hmm. And the way that you can change just that is by bringing awareness to it, right? Put the light on it, you know, stop for a moment, take a couple of deep breaths, a lot to be said about breath work and, and just sit there for quiet for a second and then wait for the thoughts to start to scroll through and just identify what they are. And, and so, okay, wait, there was a whole other thought that I had. Oh shoot. It was so good too. Um, as humanity is, and this is why this, um, topic came to our sphere today, which was as, as humanity right now is starting to rip back the layers and the layers aren't being ripped back because this is what we desire. It's because it's getting so loud outside. It's getting so loud outside Mm -hmm. and it, I don't want to go there, but anyway, so, so how do you get underneath it all? And it's more just to set an intention and start to do a little bit of self-discovery and start to go from this conscious level and start to get underneath with everything that you've made part of your life for yeah, decades now. Well, so the subconscious, if you can think of the subconscious as like a child and what you impress upon it is what it will express. So the conscious, our conscious self is like the parent. So in a family relationship, right? The mm-hmm. parent, how we are raised, greatly impacts how we turn into adults and what we carry forward with us. So mm-hmm. if it's a negative impression, we will oftentimes then create negativity. If it's a positive impression, that it will, we will create more mm-hmm. positive things. Now, we're not an all or nothing, all positive, all negative planet. We will always have a combination of both. But now what happens is as and this is why the inner child is so much of the work that we've done and, and that I continue to do with my other, with the clients is that, um, how you, the relationship you have with your inner child is going to be very significant to what you manifest in your life because the inner child is always there. It's always mm-hmm. there because your subconscious is always there. That's where that, where it lives. Mm-hmm. And so now the, the part of us, that's more of that parent is the conscious self because the subconscious doesn't make decisions. The conscious self makes the decisions. It is the decision maker. And then it impresses those decisions down into the subconscious 
And then the subconscious goes into saying kind of like, um, um, okay, this is what you want. So this is what we'll create. So if you're putting negative down into your subconscious, like your thoughts and all that, you know, I'm this, I'm that, um, you know, I'm stupid. I'm, you know, I'm no good. I'm not worthy, blah, 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 whatever it is. Doesn't mean you have to necessarily just think it. You can feel it too. Mm. Oh, you often do. When you're thinking it, you're feeling it. And they all kind of combine together. And especially the subconscious, that's why it's so important to bring the the ticker, (laughs) the thought ticker into the light. Because what you're doing is then you're pulling your, because the subconscious piece, the thoughts you're thinking, you're creating. You are creating in the feeling is the creating. And so by putting a light on it, the awareness in and of itself will, and then if you can identify, well, that's not true. Right. Then you start to unpack because the feelings come along with the. Oh yeah. They're so intertwined. Yeah. They're so intertwined. And really your subconscious is your feeler and your conscious self is your thinker. Mm. Okay. Which is why it's important to pay attention to those thoughts, but you also got to work within the world of emotion, Mm -hmm. which is when you're really now diving deep into the, into the subconscious self. Because I mean, how many times has has someone felt something, but they couldn't logically put together why they felt the way that they did? Because it's something stirring around in that subconscious that's probably coming up to the, you know, conscious awareness now, but it's like, but I don't understand. Why am I feeling this way? (laughs) And that's why processing our feelings and releasing our feelings is so important because if you sit and stew on it intellectually, it's not going to clear the emotion. Mm Mm-hmm. So just go into the emotion, start to clear it. And then that's often when insights start to come in. So now the thoughts can come in. So you can work at it from both angles, you know, from both from an emotional perspective and a thinking perspective. If we look at the, so if the subconscious is the feeler and the conscious is the thinker, the superconscious is the connector. And when I, what we mean by connector is your connection to God your connection to your spirit, your connection to all the, the, uh, support, support, support and divinity, divinity, right? The divinity. And so we work best when we have all three connecting together. And a lot of people start to feel and think in an unhealthy way when they start to feel disconnected. Mm. And we talked a little bit about, and by the way, I found the name of the movie, Sybil. <laughs> we Sybil. talked a little bit about oh. fragmentation, right? Yes, we yes. talked about fragmentation. I think it was in the last podcast. I put it in, I put it in post-edit, by the way. If you haven't seen it, I put the, the, the movie. Oh, you're so good. Try to you're do so good. When yes. we can't do something, I will usually bring it in in post, you know, post-edit and uh, so that you aren't wondering too, although you could Google it, but. Anyhow, so Sybil was very disconnected and, and this is where relationships become disconnected. We can literally become disconnected from our body, which means we're not really present in our body. That's when we get into accidents. That's when we start to disconnect and we're not tuned in to what our body is trying to tell us. Right. And so yep. disconnect is a huge piece of why that super conscious is so important to connect into. You know, so, so a couple things on all of this. So movies, movies are, I went through this, this phase. It was a very long phase um, where I saw all the agendas in the movies. And so I just didn't want to see movies anymore. Cause I could pick apart an agenda. And it's like, ah, oh, why are they cramming this agenda down my throat? Um, but now I look at movies like Sybil 
And the other night, um, I got to pick the movie. Thank God I got to pick the movie. So the girls are watching Harry Potter, which is really, um, to watch it with your eyes wide open. It's very, very fascinating. I've never seen any of the Harry Potter movies. <clears throat> so it's fun for, for me to watch. So it was, but it was my turn to pick a movie and I picked, I want to go back and see Dr. Strange again, just mostly because in, um, uh, the plant ceremony that I was in, in, in ceremony, um, part of what I could visualize was interdimensionality. And, and so I, all I could think of, and the only way I could describe it was like, it's like the movie, Dr. Strange. So I'm watching the movie, Dr. Strange. And I'm like, they got it all wrong. They even screwed up Dr. Strange. Although, have you ever seen the movie? <gasps> okay. You have to watch that movie. So it's all about him using his mind, but it's a feeling. Okay. Just watch the first 20 minutes of it. Mm -hmm. Just, just where he goes to what, what's her name? The divine master leader. So, so when you say Dr. Strange, I'm thinking Dr. Strange love, which is a really old movie, which is a different movie. So you're talking about like a Marvel movie. Yeah. It's like a Marvel movie. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's like a Avenger, I think. I, yeah. Okay. I'm really I, bad. No, with I have, I have seen him. I have seen him. Yeah. Ben, okay, uh, Benedict so, or come, come. I, there's a handful of movies. This one, I think, I, I don't know. I'm going to have to now look at the title of it because I'm really bad with movies, but I, I specifically wanted to go in. And so now I'm watching it from, of course, a different perspective, right? A different level of consciousness. And I wanted to see it because I'm like, I remember watching this movie going, whoa, this is really, how does he become so powerful and save the world with his hands, right? And it was all about you know, moving time and space. And it, and so to watch that, it's, it's all, you know, bringing the consciousness, bringing the subconscious up, but, but believing is seeing or is seeing believing, believing is seeing. Mm -hmm. And so it's all of this, this, how we create our own reality is, is kind of unpacking levels of consciousness. Yeah. It's that which Wayne Dyer has a, I think he has a book um, titled that, I'll see it when I believe it instead mm -hmm. of I'll believe it when I see it. Right. It's just mm -hmm. flips that around, mm -hmm. which is another point in, in the relationship between the subconscious, the conscious and the superconscious is that the subconscious houses the memories. It remembers things mm -hmm. and we can only keep so much in the conscious self because, you know, we, we got to like <laughs> download our files. So we have room for, for what we're actually aware of. We can't, carry it around with us up here in the consciousness. Um, so a lot of that goes down and filters down into the subconscious. So it remembers everything. That's why it houses it all, which is mm -hmm. why some of the stuff that's going down there, we got to really pay attention to, mm -hmm. but the conscious self. So the subconscious remembers, but the, the, the conscious self imagines. Mm. Okay. This so is your creator power. mechanism. This is you yeah. creating your reality. And it has many times as I've said that said this in all of our in all of our podcasts, like yeah. we create our reality. This is like a ding 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 for everybody. This is how you do it. Yeah. And so whatever we imagine most mm -hmm. becomes our day-to-day -day reality. Now think about, you know, if if you think out there, think about um, you know, what are you thinking about most about your day throughout your day? because that's what you're manifesting. Mm -hmm. So if your focus is on what you don't want, you're manifesting more of what you don't want. Mm -hmm. 
But if you're thinking and imagining more about what you do want, that's where you're putting your creative energies toward. And there's a quote, and I meant to look it up before we did this, but I didn't, uh, from Einstein about imagination, but it really is, uh, it's, it's more powerful than any body of knowledge. Mm -hmm. In fact, when you have a body of knowledge, somebody who thinks outside the box with their imagination finds new knowledge. <laughs> On that note, yeah. it goes back to the Wonka movie. Here we got so many different analogies and like yeah. the person that never watch, watches movies is now, it, you know what? Cause I'm finding the imagination in all of it. Cause it helps me with my creative, you know, ideas and concepts and how do I get, how do I get to, I know I'm creating my reality now, by the way, so childhood kind of cements the memories, right? Mostly our inner child and our childhood. But then as every day in life, we're picking up on what is happening. So there's always, and that's why to, to really get underneath some of the stuff that we're talking about, Lisa, is to be able to better navigate right. what is happening every day. Because you can inherently, traumas will pop up. Yeah. And if you don't know how to process them, then you pack them and you stuff them down back into the I, the iceberg. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, below the surface. And so you think, yeah. even think about that. If, if someone has had a traumatic experience, where does the memory go? It doesn't leave. It just moves out of the conscious awareness because it's traumatic, it's painful, it's you know forgotten about, but it never really goes anywhere. That's why when it comes back up, it's almost like you're experiencing it again, but you're not. So a lot of times when we're processing trauma, we really need someone with us to do that. That because our mind will go through this process of it's happening again. It's, it's, it's no, no, it's just the memory is being released from the subconscious. It's coming to the conscious self and you're okay. Yeah. So that was, okay. So Miracle Monday, June 19th, um, that created, so, so what happened was the stem cells and the tearing out of the stem cells from my sacrum, which was really traumatic. Now, I didn't quite get it then when it was happening that there, so there was trauma to my body at, at that event at the end of April of, of 23. And then there was Miracle Monday where I was able to finally release the nerve pain in my lower back. And then I feel like, so that went away. And then, um, and then I did a second treatment about a month later and that relieved the um, muscular pain right? And as I'm working with my osteopath, like you're saying, you need somebody to help you. You need somebody to help you go through this. Like I could not have gotten through Miracle Monday had it not been for Dr. Barker and Dr. Bell. Like they were of service. They were weeping with me. They were crying. They had no idea why I was weeping and what I was, what I was releasing, you know, the traumas that I was releasing. Uh, and then so, so, but they, you know, it was all love and heart. So then I go back the second time to get rid of the muscular pain on my lower back. Um, and it, even though I'm releasing emotion, releasing emotion, releasing emotion, it wasn't as intense as Miracle Monday, but a lot more got released and a lot of ancestral stuff too. So it wasn't just in this lifetime, it was in, in lifetimes before. And then finally, the third time was the hip. So the hip, oh God, the hip. So the hip... So he, we go into the hip and again, there's a lot of stuff going on in there, but it, it, some of it wasn't from this lifetime. So we released the hip and I don't even think it was four or five days later, 
and the hip pain got excruciating to the point where, cause it was the hip that got me in all this situation in the first place. Cause I took the stem cells out of my sacrum to put them in my hip to heal the torn tendons in my hip. So kind of connected. So it was a Friday night. No, no, no. It was a Thursday night. And I had called Barker and I said, all right, I think, um, we need to look at my hip. It's really bad. And he's like, okay, send me over the MRI. For some reason I have it on your back. I don't have it on your hip. Let me take a look at it. And it's keeping me up and it's super painful. So Friday night, he calls me after he closes the office and he says, you know, it looks like you might have to go through stem cells again. The trauma that whole weekend, that whole weekend was about the trauma from the trauma. I spent that weekend like crying, weeping. I have to go through this again. I can't do this again. Oh my gosh, the pain. Oh my gosh, it ruined my life. Oh, in that whole, all the feelings came up. And then just to kind of unpack and, and for everybody to see, um, I had stem cells done on Friday. It will have been four weeks and the experience was beautiful. I had no fear. I went in, I told you this, Lisa, we blessed the, the like, we blessed the stem cells. We blessed the liquid. They, they, they prayed over me. It was like, I'm in heaven. This is like, and you know what? I'm doing great. But the trauma from the trauma. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, again, you can, and if you see, but your intention was always clear to clear the trauma. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think mm -hmm. that's important as you describe that, the trauma from the trauma. So, so many people are so afraid of experiencing this pain, this trauma, this emotion and physical pain as well, mm -hmm. that they just, nope, I don't even want to go there. You're going to have to, if you really want to heal yourself, you have to go through the pain. But on the other side of the pain, right? And for you, it took two rounds of the pain, mm -hmm. right? but ultimately it got you to the relief. And that trauma is very intense energy. So if you had decided not to clear that, it would still be showing up in some form of a manifestation in your life in some way. But it was, you know yep. this, it was. In, in, I mean, okay, so that was, so Miracle Monday was June. Oh my gosh, April. So we're about a month and a half away from it being a year of me going through. And by the way, it was, all through the month of February last year, I was doing physical therapy every single week on my hip, all through February, mm -hmm. all through March. Mm -hmm. And then it was April that it all just went to hell in a handbag. So it wasn't like it just showed up out of nowhere. Right. It was this progression. And so now here I'm, it wouldn't it be really interesting? Cause of course it's a process, you know, you just don't, I haven't had a miraculous healing. I'm working on it. And it all comes down to emotions and trauma and work and a vision for me personally, I want to clear out. It's so funny. Okay. So it's a metaphor, the junk in my trunk, Lisa. <laughs> is there any left? Yeah, apparently there is. <laughs> um, anyway, emotional, emotional, junk emotional, in emotional in your subconscious yeah. trunk. <laughs> That's right. Yes. It's a good metaphor. At least it yeah. works for me, but yeah. um, anyway, I have to be a little more clear on when I'm using a, a metaphor yeah. to describe something. So, um, but anyway, it's, I'm still in it, you know, and I'm doing some real radical 
but it didn't just come out of nowhere. I just didn't go radical all in one minute. It was, you know, I just pulled one string out and then the, all the rest of the stuff is coming because my intention is to heal the trauma. Yeah. Well, and you know, you, you describe and, and bring in your miracle Monday a lot and part of, um, the relationship with the super conscious. So if the, if the, uh, subconscious remembers the conscious self imagines the superconscious inspires. Mm. And I think that's what a lot of your magic Monday was about is you were, well, you were probably inspired to go to Dr. Barker. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, um, and then, you know, he, there was probably a lot of inspiration and intuition as well. Cause that's where the intuition comes mm-hmm. from is the super conscious and then really bringing all that together. And you are a strong manifest, powerful manifester. Mm-hmm. He probably is as well. And mm-hmm. so you're bringing whoever his team is, you know, so bringing yeah. all this together is much more effective than trying to go it alone. Mm-hmm. No matter how powerful of a manifester someone is, when mm-hmm. you bring two or more together, that exponentially increases the power of whatever it is you're looking to manifest. That's why prayer praying mm-hmm. is so powerful together because you're really putting in, you know, a much more powerful presence in in whatever it is that someone is praying upon. There's lots of statistics about group prayer and all that. Oh, and of course, yeah. that's also pulling in the sub- superconscious, right? Yeah. Through prayer, the connector. I mean, and even, yeah. even you were with me in that day, mm-hmm. you're superconscious. Yeah. Gretchen was there with me that day, yep. you know, because it was her referral that ended up the first of the, the first pain management that mm-hmm. called me. It was, yeah. it was, it, oh, it was so beautiful. Yeah. So superconscious, conscious subconscious, yeah. like it all. Yeah. So even because so- the deepest prayer, the deepest prayer for me was to heal. Yeah. That was the prayer, the intention, like it's yeah. the prayer it's, you mm-hmm. know, and everybody should be praying because it works. Yeah. <laughs> if you ask, you'll get answers is all I can say, you know? Well, and part of that is, you know, sometimes, well, Oftentimes what happens is when we are at our worst is when we drop to our knees and say, okay, I'm, I'm giving it up to God or whoever, you know, whoever you put in that space, mm-hmm. it's the most common one, right? But uh, universe, God, you know, whatever, whoever, whatever you call that divine presence. And uh, it's because we aren't meant to do this all by ourselves. Mm-hmm. We aren't meant to be an island. We're, we're, we're interdependent, not codependent. Mm-hmm not even independent, we're interdependent. That is the healthiest form of relationship is this interdependence. And so the same thing goes for all these three levels of consciousness. They're interdependent upon each other. Mm -hmm. One can't just stand alone without the other two. You need all three of them working well together in order to create the best life. And every single person has this human, human. has these three aspects that they can pull in at any time. So if the subconscious to again, bring in the relationship again, is if the subconscious is the child or the inner child, the child, and the, the conscious self is the parent, then the super conscious self is the wise grandparent, Mm. right? It's the wise grandparent, the Mm -hmm. healthy wise grandparent. Now the parent can be unhealthy, 
but the grandparent is always healthy in this context. In this context, right? yeah. So it's always that that part of us that is influencing us, it's looking to guide us and, and, and so forth, but we have to be connected in in order for that to happen. So the parent, so the conscious self is where so much of this gets um, <laughs> missed, right? Because if we're not really following our intuition, if we're not really connected into that super conscious self, then we can make really poor decisions because that's where the decisions are made is in the conscious self. So we can make poor decisions and then that's falling down into the inner child uh, self, which is in the subconscious. And then the subconscious is in the very powerful part of the manifesting. So it just all kind of rolls around and, and you can either be creating positive or you can be creating negative. And so, you know, you said earlier about follow your thoughts. Well, if you just think about, for everyone listening right now, if you just think about what have you thought about most yesterday, and is that what you want to manifest? And if it is, awesome. But if it's not, it's time to change the script and what you're doing consciously, to consciously change the script so that you're not impressing upon your subconscious what you don't want. Because mm -hmm. it's just saying, okay, this is what you want. This is what I'm going to give you which then that goes into another um, analogy, which actually from when I first learned it, I changed it because it was the terminology didn't fit for me. So think of it this way. And there's a couple more coming. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and that is, um, well, maybe there's one more coming, but uh, think of it as in the world of business, think of it as the employee, okay? And then the, the, the subconscious is the employee, the conscious self is the manager, Okay. And the superconscious self is the CEO. Mm -hmm. Okay. So even though the CEO is kind of running the show, but you can have all sorts of mismanagement happening and then it's going to fall down. It's going to trickle down into the employees. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and I mean, typically that relationship between a manager and employee is the manager tells what the employee to do. And the employee says, okay, this is what you want. So here you go. But if your manager is saying, I don't have enough money and I don't have enough whatever time and I don't have enough love and I don't have enough of all this stuff, then your employee is saying, okay, that's what you want more of. Here you go. Yeah. And that's the impression, right? So you have to be very clear on the directives you're giving your employee <laughs> of your subconscious, just like your child, mm -hmm. right? It's being very clear on what it is that, what commands you're giving to your subconscious, because uh, otherwise it's just going to say, oh, this is, this must be what you want. Cause that's what you keep talking to me about. Yeah. And that's, what's really important to really start to, that's why I, you know, really start with the subconscious stuff because to the degree that you clear out your subconscious is to the degree that your super conscious self can come in and really direct your life. But if you're all full of stuff in your subconscious and you're not using your conscious self to take care of that stuff, the less impact your super conscious self has with you because you're not connected to it. You're all, you're all down in the lower area of your subconscious, not physically, but you know, in that part of you that, um, <laughs> is just keeps getting bigger and bigger, trying to hold all this negative energy or limiting you know, beliefs. It, it and this is why this is why Lisa you and I are here for people is because we're sitting in a unique time on earth that the veil is lifted 
so yeah. we can more clearly see what you're talking about. Right. The, I yeah. mean, we can see it now. I mean, yeah. I've been unpacking this stuff for so many years. And I will tell you, like, for the most part, I live from a, a place of creation because mm-hmm. I've turned <laughs> my hands off. You too. You know, I mean, I, even though I still go through the, the traumas, we all yeah. will. We all will. Yeah. But if we can at least clear out enough of this stuff mm-hmm. where to the point where even once you can, can connect in to that, to that, which is that, that who you are, right? Like the, Oh, I can ask. And, and then I can see when the answers come through, I can see when I'm clearing out, Oh, this feeling came from this event. Yeah. Whoa. Let me just kind of feel it, mm-hmm. do a little, you know, processing, remove it. And, and, once you even get a glimmer of what that feels like to be connected in, then you're halfway there. You're literally halfway there. Cause then once you learn it, these principles we're trying to teach, cause it's easy. I don't want to say it's easy now. No, it's no, definitely it's not, not easy. easy. It's just, but it makes your life easier. Okay. Hold please. 222, 27. <laughs> 222 272. Oh, those are all your angel numbers and I'm looking at them right now. Yes, we're, we're we're recording this on 227 which is one of my angel numbers. It's in my book. Yeah. Yes, it's in the book. Yay. Well, when we so, talked a lot about numerology, so a lot yeah. of significance in numbers, so. Yeah. Anyway. That was a nice uh, little sign. Yeah, there you go. And it's going to be, well, for you it's 2 222, right? For me it's 222. Yes, exactly. 222. <laughs> 227. So Lots we'll, of twos. we'll still be here at 1227 and 227 <laughs> and 227. Um, oh, that's so, amazing. So, speak, so the, remember the subconscious is outside of our awareness, our conscious awareness. So when you start doing this work, this transformational work, and you're, you're making a conscious decision to go and find out what the heck is down there, right? One of the things that you will find are these beliefs that have been living in there that you just have not been aware of. And one of those beliefs that I discovered, this was back in 2006. <laughs> I remember exactly because I was in a seminar and, and we were doing, um, writing down what our beliefs were about success. Mm. And, but it was, I was already in the environment. It was very conducive to allowing, you know, whatever's in my subconscious to come up. Cause we were just like listing things out and I put down, you know, not, not getting your mind too much in the way, right. Just kind of putting stuff out. And I put down, you will die early when you're, I will die early if I'm successful. Mm. And I'm like, Whoa, what's that one about? And it's cause my dad died when he was 58 and he was successful. Now mm-hmm. I had lodged that down, not consciously, not consciously, but on a subconscious level, I had that belief sitting inside me that if I am going to be successful, it's going to bring me in early, to an early death. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I mean, I wouldn't have got to that just living in everyday life. I got to that because I was doing the work and putting mm-hmm. it out on paper and all that kind of stuff, you know? And, and so once I saw that, I'm like, well, gosh, darn, no wonder I'm making it so hard on myself. I don't <laughs> want to die, right? I don't want to die. So what I, okay, then I'll live and not be successful or I'll die and be, you know, whatever. So I was able to clear that out, but gosh, you know, if that was sitting in there, it's just imagine what could be sitting in so many people's subconscious that they're not even aware of that is, hindering their life in some way, lowering that quality of life. 
So and, it's really and I, I will just say one more thing because as I'm going through my Vedic Astrology University course, um, the, just the things that I'm learning, it, it, overwhelming. So as we move through the Zodiac, right? So the Zodiac is the signs and the, the stars, the constellations in the skies um, that go through the year. So uh, the age of Pisces, and I, I can't remember exactly how many, it's like, I don't know, 2000 years or something like that. So Pisces, Pisces, the, the signature of Pisces is the fish mm-hmm. and the fish in Pisces is all about belief systems. And so at, and so if you think about it, go back to Jesus and go back to some of the symbols and the, how important was the fish? It was the age of Pisces. And now we're moving from the eight belief systems, right? That's something everybody needs to take a go deep diving right there. Cause that just like your belief that, you know, if you're successful, you're going to die when you're young, which was imprinted on you from an experience you have with your dad. Mm-hmm. This is like beliefs, right? So that's a great place to start with. Where are you at with, we've already talked about this, but I connected it to the Zodiac and I was like, Whoa, right. Just to think of, you know, you think of Jesus and you instantly see the fish, you see the fish driving around on cars. You know, it's a, it's a a reflection of Christianity, um, belief in Jesus. So, um, I thought, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Well, you know, now we're moving into the age of Aquarius, which is more technology and, and knowledge and more, uh, it's just a different kind of thought process together and how that's just amazing. So I had to throw a little, a little yeah. wow. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Well, I yeah. look forward to hearing more of as you're going through this course and you're learning all these things to continue to hear what it is that you're learning through all this stuff. I mean, yeah, did you ever know that Pisces, like we're coming out of the age of Pisces well, I knew we were going into the age of Aquarius, but I did not know about the Pisces. Yeah. 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 And then Jesus and the fish. And I'm like, yeah. whoa. Okay. And then and then Pisces is all about belief systems. Well, and then you think about all the things that are being exposed now that we believe that are, are we are finding out that's not true, which is really right. shape rocking people's worlds. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I always believe this about the world and that's not true. Or I believe this about myself and it's not true. So a lot of that, I can see how that's really working it today in our, in our mm-hmm. global, you know, planet. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. That's yeah. Really, awesome. really fabulous. So anyway, yeah. I just had to yeah. throw that in there. Cause it was like, Oh, I learned that. And I was like, Whoa, that, so it's yeah. not just Christianity talking about belief systems. A lot of, um, a lot of the religions were coming up around the world from the religions in Asia and in all of the, the mosques and, um, I can't remember what are the Hindus called ashrams or anyway. So all of these big structures around um, some type of a belief structure were all created in the age of Pisces. Interesting. Wow. So interesting. So much to see unfold. I know. Right? We're <laughs> right in to win it. Yes. So. Yeah. So the last, the last analogy that I put together this morning as I was in my shower, you know, where I do a lot of my thinking um, was our relationship with money. And how mm. to think about these three levels of consciousness. So think of your superconscious as the bank, right? Mm. This is where it all comes from, is the bank. And then your conscious self 
is the underwriter because the underwriter, I had to look the terminologies up this morning on financial because I'm not a financial person in that way. I'm like, is it a loan officer? No, actually the loan officer does this. The underwriter decides if you get the loan or not. Mm. And then the borrower is the subconscious. Mm. Okay. So it's all determines, you know, either you're not sends down to the subconscious because it's always available right? Mm -hmm. When we're connected in, it's always available. It's unlimited, but also money is transitory, right? Mm -hmm. we, mm -hmm. we use that money and then we put it towards something else. So it's never a permanent thing. It's always in a flux of change. Um, but that's where we tap in and that's where we get our abundance is at the bank, <laughs> the big yeah. bank above. And then the underwriter is going to determine if we're worthy of the money or not. Mm. Are we the credit, right? Do we deserve the credit? So if we have an issue around value and worth and, you know, discrediting ourselves or crediting ourselves, so to speak, then that'll determine, you know, what's going to be the message that goes down into the subconscious. Nope, you're not deserving of money. So you're going to continue to live in lack or the, or the other way around. Yes. Yeah. We can tap in at any time that we want and pull it in. And, uh, and that's the message that's the, that goes through and through. See, that's why it's important to align these three mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's always coming positive from above. It's always healthy and positive from above. It's the conscious self, because this is where, you know, so this is where we experience life is in the conscious self. And then that all gets moved down into the library of our experiences down in the subconscious so as we clear the things that aren't serving us, we can allow by being conscious around what we're doing and bringing that into alignment. Now we're aligned with that bank, mm -hmm. <laughs> that wise grandparent, that, you know, CEO that make, you know, is really running the show in, in, you know, from above and, and bring all that in together and we align ourselves. And that's where we start to actualize our higher super conscious self into our physical body and existence mm -hmm. because we're not being, we're making better decisions. We're clearing out the old junk and that now we're all moving up and elevating into that higher vibration mm -hmm. and so forth. So this is why it's important to know how all these three interact together. Absolutely. Yeah. So here's three transformational principles around how to start to move all that in alignment. And the first um, discipline is the discipline of asking, which you talked, you mentioned a little bit earlier. It's the discipline of asking. If you haven't heard this before, ask and you shall receive. But mm -hmm. if you're not asking, then guess what? You're going to limit your receiving. And this is so interesting because, and this is just coming back to me, just a few days ago, I saw something on, um, on social media and it was Steve Jobs, a really old uh, um, video of him. And he said, the reason people don't succeed is because they don't ask. Mm -hmm. And it's like the answer, the answer to the question is always no, unless you ask. Right. And then yeah. it might be yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's always yeah. no. So it's, yeah, ask and you shall receive. And, and then, um, you know, part of it is, and I have this also in my book and it goes along with prayer and that is ask and then let it go. Mm-hmm. Because if you start becoming attached to what you think the answer should be, you're going to limit the best answer for you. So that's important as well in asking, but you got to ask. Um, and then there's the discipline of writing. 
that's why journaling is so powerful. Writing things down is so powerful because it takes it out of, you and I were talking about this earlier. Just talking about this, yeah. Yeah, uh, before we started recording. And then that is, it puts it into a form that's so tangible and it just uh, empowers that intention out into the world. If you're looking at like goal setting or just, you know, strategizing in your life or problem solving or whatever it is, it does that. But it also can uncover what's been sitting in your subconscious as well especially when you're just free writing, you know, there's automatic writing, you're just whatever's on your mind. And then all of a sudden, just kind of like I popped in, you die early if you're successful. <laughs> That's kind of what I was doing. It's automatic writing. Yeah. And it was like, oh my gosh. So it gives a, a, an avenue for that subconscious stuff to come out. So, but it also bring can bring in the super conscious stuff as well yeah. by simply writing and it's free. <laughs> okay, so I, I have to, this is, this is, okay. So I've been telling you the story along the way. So Alan and I have like very, 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 very dear friends um, that have been with us as long as Alan and I have been together. Mm -hmm. And uh, my dear friend, Sandy and her husband, Lyle. Um, I mean, she helped teach me how to nurse Stacy. That's how it, they, and then we're all in Texas together. They're two and a half hours away. So when we have little emergencies that come up along the way, they'll, they will drive in and stay with the kids while we have to go do X, Y, or Z. Very, very close friends. So Lyle, we got off the cruise in November, a, a company trip in November. And um, Lyle went straight into the hospital. So he's been needing a new heart forever. I think he's probably 55-ish, somewhere in that age range. Um, and he's got this congenital heart defect from birth that they moved into the United States from Canada just because of the insurance that you can get and the medical treatment, knowing that at some point in time in his life, he was going to get, he was going to need a new heart. Um, make a really, so this is November, mid-November. So he goes, he goes in right after the cruise and he's been in the hospital ever since. And so I'm on the phone with Sandy and this is now mid-January and, and it's bad. I mean, he's basically dying often, right? Oh, we're going to lose him. Nope. He's back. Oh, we're going to lose him. No, he's back. And I had this beautiful conversation with my girlfriend and I said, okay, so she's, she's a Christian. She's a huge believer. And I said, you know, you need to write out very specific, be specific in your requests. <laughs> We've gotten so many emails and talk about writing it out. She's got however many people on the prayer list and miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle and it was one of those things that at some point in time for me because they're so close to us i mean if if he was to transition I, uh, uh, like that would just not be fun at all um mm -hmm. but anyway like he didn't and he got a new heart and but then he almost died in the new heart process and then he didn't die in the new heart. It's so all of these things and every time, and we're still getting emails, you know, this is where he's at. He's still in the hospital. It's yeah. still touch and go. The detailed, more specific, and then the release and her and I even had that conversation, you know, if it's time for him to go back into the arms of, of God, then that's the plan, right? And so then unattached to the outcome. But it, it's been really a wonderful thing to everything that you just said was incorporated into this beautiful story because he was part of it. He was praying. He wanted to live. He had a, 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 anyway, so everything you just said was perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And I got to experience it and it was beautiful. Right. 
yeah, it, the po power of writing is just, it's just amazing. Even when I was writing my book, most of the book ended up being what was happening while I was writing the book. It was just, it, it was, it was such an intensely beautiful, magical experience in writing the book. It's like, gosh, I need to start writing again, you know, like write another book just for the experience of it <laughs> and not, you know, not for necessarily the outcome of it, but just for the experience of writing it. It's so, so amazing. Yes. Yeah, so the power of writing, uh, the discipline of writing, and it does take discipline because, you know, you got to sit down and do it. And then the last discipline for today uh, uh, to, for transformation is the discipline of letting go. So it's really asking yourself, what am I hanging on to that I'm to be letting go of? Mm. You'll, you'll most likely get an answer, right? And then it's looking at what is it that's causing me to hang on to this, especially how tightly are you hanging on to something, you know, for, you know, anyone. And, uh, and then just really looking at, is me hanging on to this really serving me? And if it is, then, you know, that's one thing. But if it's not, it's time to let it go. Mm -hmm. and it is a discipline to let go mm -hmm. and so many people have a hard time including certainly myself over the years of letting things go i mean even if you just think about physical things this is why you know marie uh kondo right marie kondo became so popular because you know um she has a system on how to really let stuff go it's just mm -hmm. our physical belongings so you start off with the less the easier stuff to let go of and then the last thing you let go of is the sentimental stuff because mm. we have so much attachment into just the physical thing. So if we have attachment, things that are hard to let go of on a physical level, just imagine what we're not letting go of on an emotional level and on a, even a, you know, mental level and all that. So it's like a muscle. We've talked about, you know, things as muscles, you need to build the strength of that muscle to let go because it is definitely something the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And in letting go times, just as you're saying that, it, it could be a relationship. It could be a relationship with your child. It could be a relationship with a parent. It could be a relationship with a sibling. Um, and because when you're talking about close to you, you know, things that are close to you, and then you go into belief structures like, well, it's my sister, brother, mother, uncle, this, whatever it is, these relationships are um, just something to look at. You know, sometimes you need to step back to reset. Mm -hmm. and, and so in the letting go process, once you let something go, it doesn't mean they're actually gone. It just means whatever your attachment to it was, right. is no, you're no, no longer attached. And then you can love with grace without expectation of anything in return. And, and I do think the belief structures when it comes to specifically family, you know, or lifelong friends that you've taken a turn. And I've had many conversations with people about that because, you know, our world is very, very political right now and it really shouldn't be. But a lot, a lot of people have lost relationships along the way due to whatever mm -hmm. kind of situations going on out there. So letting go, you know, of things or of relationships it really just alters the feeling that you have connected into whatever it is you're attached to. Yeah. Well, we've done, you know, the podcast on regret, mm. letting go of regret, mm -hmm. uh, letting go of this strong need for control mm -hmm. because it's unhealthy. So you yeah. actually have healthy control. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, the paradox, right? 
um, you know, letting go of, you know, the, just this, this, this old stuff. It's letting go of what's sitting in the subconscious, letting go of the limiting beliefs, letting go of the suppressed emotions, yeah. you know, letting go of, um, you know, all sorts of things that just, just no longer service and perhaps never did. Mm -hmm. But you gotta, you gotta start. And because um, the and, reward yeah. is the connection with the three. It is power center. Yep. The more you let go, the more in comes, the more you receive. Yeah. Oh, that's a great place to end. The more you let go, the more you receive. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, take that as your mantra for the week. Yeah. What can I let go of this week? And that one came in through my super conscious. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. Well, no. um, I very much look forward, Lisa, to us expanding on some of these deeper principles of consciousness, awareness, mindfulness, and um, because we're there now. We're there. Yeah. yeah. Well, Any last words? Joining, thank you for joining us today and uh, align. Align. Yes. All right. Align. Stick with your mantra. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye.